I really don't even know how long this series is going to take, but we're going to dig deep in this. I'm going to approach it perhaps like you have never heard it before because I realized that most of what I heard, and even me preaching it before, I never really tapped into the essence of it. It's foundational for everything else. It's foundational for our growth. It's foundational for our healing. Today, as, as we tap into the beginning part of it, it's really just the introduction. But I need you to think with me. I, I, I need you to journey with me. I need you to stay with me as I, as I endeavor to take my time to break down principles, biblical principles that will help us to stand. The, the first thought that I have is, is that we're just dealing with t- today and probably a couple more, so the fatherhood of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, the fatherhood of God. We're coming out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 15. And it reads as such in our hearing. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. This morning, the only thing we're going to deal with is our Father. (laughs) Father, even now. Lord, I ask that you control this hour that you bring back to remembrance only that which you want me to say. Put a guard over my tongue. Do not not say what you don't want me to say, but I say only that which is your will. Go open up our ears today and allow us to see you in a different way. Allow me to bring forth your truth and allow it to be crystal clear in our hearing. Lord, I can't do this. Lord, you have to do it. So Lord, I ask that your spirit, the Holy Spirit, will preach through me and that I will only be an instrument of your glory. So Lord, glorify yourself in this. Glorify yourself in this. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Many times when we approach scripture, we approach it from a Western 21st century mindset. And when we do that, we put into the scripture what it does not mean. When we do that, we miss the essence and the importance of what is happening at that time. We, 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 we take it as though this is a simple thing, an easy thing, but let me tell you something. The Jewish people would have been offended, astounded, and taken back for Jesus to say, our Father. In the Old Testament, you don't see them in, in God speaks of himself as Father too often. It's only written about 15 times in the Old Testament. And in that way, he's a father of Israel. He's the father of this. He's the father of her. But, but not in general, not overall. They, they, they did not even say the name of Jehovah. God was unapproachable. God was, was, was holy, and he's still holy. But it wasn't this reference point of father. And then I, then I understand that our term of father is also different than the Jewish term of father. <laughs> matter of fact, each of us individually the name Father conjures up different images, different feelings. And for some of us, Father is not a good thing. Because we transpose our, our, our earthly Father, which is the only Father we ever knew or didn't know, onto God. So, so, so if, if our earthly father did not set us up with a good imagery, that same imagery we have of our earthly father is automatically transposed to God. And though we are saved, we stand in doubt of him. We, the, the, the imagery of Father is not one that brings about comfort and protection, but it brings about something that... I remember being in counseling sessions, and, and I'm, I'm trying to explain the fatherhood of God and been told, don't, don't say Father. Uh-uh. And when I asked why, they... They went in death about the, the, the father they had and, and the father did not translate as anything of the fatherhood of God. Did, did you know that God is either male or female? He's too big to be put in that type of connotation. God is spirit. But the only way that he can relate to us is to give a name that carries attributes. And he carries as much attributes of a mother as he does a father. 
but father is the dominant one because of what it represents in the identity of his children. <laughs> From a psychology standpoint, it is not mama who sets your identity. I don't care how good mama is. But mama does not transpose the identity of her children to the children, neither the male or female. That's dad. <laughs> See, that's why a lot of females got a problem with every male because dad didn't set a good connotation. You can't even walk in freedom in your femininity until a man reference that what you got is a value and a worth. Well, let me show you. Little girl, hair done, dressed, she runs to daddy after mom had dressed her up. And twirl around Looking for a dad says she's beautiful. <laughs> it's innate. It's it's innate. It's innate. I was I was shocked when I was over in Israel. And the reason why I was shocked because it wasn't mama in the forefront of the family, it was the dad. I I sat with a, with a guy and he had a a like 18 months or eight months and a two year and he's holding the baby and the other one is hanging all over him and mom was in the room but they didn't want mama. Their cultural understanding is the one that does that holds everything together who is there for the children is the dad not the mama. I told you about the toddler crying out, Abba, Abba, Abba. Mom bends down. He said, uh-uh. Dad's been down and everything is good. That's the picture that is here in our father, Greek, Petter. Not Abba here, Pater, which, which represents supplier, the, the one, the protector, the one who sets my identity. Let me show you how important this is. See, if dad don't set your identity, somebody else will. My dad was a good dad, but I did not know his heart. I knew he went to church. I knew he took us to church. I knew he had a lot of grief. But when my dad came home and he sat and he sat in the living room while we was playing uh, games in the living room, he sat at his chair. We went into another room. My football games, my other things. Dad didn't show up. He was too busy. I knew he was my dad. I knew his actions was good, but I never caught his heart. So when I started looking for someone to identify with, it wasn't my dad. 
At that time, we lived two doors from Zenzel. Two, we live on Zenzel. Two doors from Foster. Foster was the hangout for all the thugs. So I would walk down the Fosters and I knew all the thugs. I knew the fighting guys. I knew all that. So, so, so guess what? Guess, to me, that was the model of manhood. That was what I wanted to be. So, so I, 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 I conjured up an image that I was aiming for. Hold on, hold on. Let's just quit talking about me. Let's talk about you. What image have you been chasing because dad didn't set a good image? What, 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 what did we allow to tag us because dad didn't tag us? See, all of us have taken on some identity and, and said this is us. But you know what I found out? You don't really know who you are. And one of the struggles in becoming a Christian is that, is that we still try to hold on to what we grew up, what we think, because, because it fit a need. And, and, and we were trying to get our need met, but the way it was getting it met wasn't the way it was supposed to be met. So now instead of letting go, we struggle between who we becoming and who we was. <laughs> Until I see, you see God as our Heavenly Father that sets him above your earthly father and that you realize that he can meet you where you are. Let me, let me, can, can, can I get a little bit deeper in there? One, one of my callings is counseling, one is healing. A dude I was calling Isaiah 61. So these 35 years have been a process of learning that. So people will come to me and I'm hearing all the hurts and pain, all the struggles and all of that. And then the stuff people have been through. Listen, don't ever think that your childhood ended in your childhood. Most of us are making decisions and emotionally is affected by what we didn't get when we was children. Most of us don't even know why we do what we do. All we know is that we do it, but we haven't taken enough time to analyze why we do. Then we'll make it worse. We judge people based on what we see without trying to understand what happened in them my God, my God, my God. If you knew what people been through, you wouldn't judge them so hard. God took me through three and a half to four years by myself with him, the vine of the Bible, and prayer to recondition, yes, 
to re to destroy what I had built up. I wasn't even fit to come to church. You know, it was that that fatherhood thing. Cause, cause, cause if God, if you don't connect to God, you're gonna connect to something. Our identity, and we would chase the wrong identity until it kills us. We would chase the wrong identity until, until we find ourselves at the bottom of the heap and wonder how we got here. And it's because the identity that we are allowed to be erected in our life was not, wasn't what we were. Sat down with a friend not too long ago, and this is what he told me. He said, Tracy, I struggle with homosexuality all of my life, and it's because of my dad. I've sat down with young ladies who, who, who deal with, with lesbianism, and, and as they talk to me, you know where the start, story started? Dad. Fatherhood begins with God. Let me explain to you why Jesus uses father over 150 times in the gospel and why it's only set up in the Old Testament 15 times. Can I explain that to you? See, see, let me explain what happened to you. When Adam and Eve disobeyed, they lost the image of God. He wasn't really their father anymore. Because if someone is your father, you got a piece of them in you. Britt is my son. When he was younger, he looked more like his mom. The older he gets, he looks more like me. You don't believe me? Let me bring a high school picture of myself. And you see me with an afro. And, and it looks like a, a darker-skinned brick. Why? Because there are some identifications that I deposit in the hymn that is now bringing me and brought out. See, when you're born again, he has recreated his image in you. That's why you have to be born again. Listen, it's not religion. Listen, the adoption of you is more than God just saying your mind, but God reached back in and blew into you what was falling in you. Listen, you are either dead or alive. You either got the spirit of God in you or you don't. Ephesians 4. Verse 24, it will come up on the screen. Look what it says. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 or 24, one of them. But this is what it says. It says, be constantly renewed in the spirit 
of your mind. Now, hold on, what's he saying? He said, he said, your mind has to agree what God has already done. God has done it, but your mind has to agree. Next verse. Next verse. Put on. Now, as your mind agrees, you now begin to put on from the inside out what God has already put in you. Listen, because as a man or woman thinketh in her heart, so is he. So if you think you're the old person, you're going to keep acting like the old person, even though the new person on the inside, because your mind don't agree with what God says, you're going to act out of the old person. I got to agree with what he says about me. I got to agree with what he says about me. I got to agree with the word. And as that truth becomes my truth. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. You got to make God's truth your truth. His truth is true. But do you believe that it's true? And when I agree that his truth is true, power rises up. Deliverance rises up. Healing rises up. You got to work this thing. Come to church on Sunday and go back to the hell hole you got out of. But when the word get on the inside, I declare things begin to change. When the word of God begin to unhook some things, open up doors, heal something, you just can't remain the same. But it's the renewing. Listen, think what it says. The new nature that's already in you that has been rent, your regenerated self. If you're born again, there's a, there's a born again, there's a regenerated, there's a made alive spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit is in you to give you power to walk in who God says you are. Uh, Y'all need to catch hold of that. Listen, whatever this devil did to you, he can't hold you. If you let go of the pain and let Jesus come in and be your Lord and let God be your Father. Listen, you know what I realized? I realized that what my earthly father didn't give me, my heavenly father is now giving me. What I didn't get from my mama or my daddy, God is now supplying it to me. What I realize is, is that what I thought was a default has become my blessing because when I'm broken, I'm leaning on him. And when you lean on him, God is able to keep you from falling. That's power. 
when you recognize that you don't add up. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you know the hardest and the most blessed place to be is broken? Blessed, but the hardest. Listen, see, my old self don't want to admit I'm broken. But my new self finds power that I'm broken. See, my old self wants to show himself. But when he's broken and he has nothing to show, my new self. That's created at the crisis. Sit down, shut up, I got this. <laughs> Somebody said we can go home now. <laughs> he says, I put myself in you. It's not you trying to produce God. It's God in you being God. But it's coming to the place of his fatherhood. Listen, you, you never be grown in God's eyes, not down here. You're his little child. Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. I'm almost finished. For this reason, seeing the greatness of God's plan of salvation by which you are built together in Christ. What's no matter the pain, Jesus got you. I'm going ahead of myself. I'm going ahead of myself. I'm going to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says that we do not have a high priest that cannot be touched with the infirmities of our hurts, who at all points was tempted. Like a, no, 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 he said, he, he, and some said that he, he sympathized, but I go deeper than that. He empathized. Sympathy is, man, wow, man. I'm praying for you, man. Empathy is. You know what Jesus did on the cross? He got up under your pain. Whatever you and I went through, God the Father poured on him at the cross. How I know that? Well, I know Isaiah 53, verse 10 and 11 says this, and his soul travailed, not his body travailed, his soul travailed. Do you know where you've been hurt in your soul? You know where you lost your identity? In your soul. You know when somebody wounded you? It was in your soul. So you know what God poured on him? The hurt of our soul.
Well, let me show you. Because he identified and took on your pain. He now can sit down in your pain. Can, can I take it a step deeper? He can get up underneath your pain and lift you up, up out of your Hold on, hold on, hold on. And when you don't think you can do it, he will. why he is worthy of all the praise. That's why he can identify. That's why I said, I said he's your high priest because he got you covered. He's your high priest because whatever he is, he already conquered it. That's why, 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 that's why my best interest is to let go of whoever hurt me. Why? Because until I empty my hands, he can't feel my hands. It's not that I'm not forgiven. I can't be healed. As long as I'm holding on to whatever hurt me or whoever hurt me, I can't. I'm stuck in my pain. Listen. God is changing our identity. And when God says this is who you are, it doesn't matter if nobody else says this is who you are. Hold on, listen, listen, can, can, can I go step deeper? Matter of fact, I got to believe I'm that before I'm walking in it. I got to agree within my spirit before you even see it. That's why, be careful who you put your mouth on. Because the very person you put your mouth on, you might have to go to help next year. Because you don't know where God is taking them. <laughs> you don't know what's in their spirit. You ought to pray for folks. Because, 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 because God is up to Turn, turn to your neighbor. God's up to something in you. God's up to something in you. Listen, I did not get to know my dad till after I was preaching and he was diagnosed with lung cancer. And now I'm taking him to radiation, I'm taking him to chemo, and now my dad is asking me questions. The moment I begin to get to know him, I lose him. But in that process of God Changing me. My eyes was on my heavenly father. So when, my, so when God told me it wasn't his will to heal my dad, I said, let me walk into the gates. 
What am I trying to say? This is what I'm trying to say. The fatherhood of God is for our healing. Show that picture. Show that picture. Show that picture. Now, what's so amazing about this picture? It is the presidency. It is the Oval Office. <laughs> Y'all see? You see? I mean, and, and you and you can't just walk into the president's Oval Office. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going there. If you and I tried to go into the Oval Office, we would be arrested and probably thrown under the jail. And you have to have an appointment. You got to go through training before you get to the Oval. But there's a child. Not just in the Oval Office. Up under the desk of the Oval Office. You know why he's allowed to be there? Because he's the president's child. <laughs> he has open access. Did you know? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know that you're your heavenly father's child? And that you don't have to ask permission that the Bible says, come boldly. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No protocol. You don't have to be right. Matter of fact, come when you run. Come when you're wrong. Quit hiding. You are accepted. I told him this morning. I said, my son already have approval. He don't have to ask for approval. Whether he's wrong, whether he's right, based on the fact he's my son. He can call me in the midnight hour. He can call me 3 o'clock in the morning. If my son called me, I would be there. Why? He's my son. Listen, he don't have to work for it. He don't have to ask for it. He already got it. There's nothing he can do to make me stop loving him. If he's homosexual, if he's a drug addict, I'm still gonna love my son. When you are a child of the king, there's nothing. Hold on. Let me go here. Everybody is not his child. Everyone 
in his creation. Because remember, Adam and Eve sinned and the spirit of God in them died. Which means that unless you know Jesus, unless you have accepted him as your Lord and your Savior, unless the blood of Jesus has cleansed you, unless your spirit been born again, you're his creation, but you're not his child. But if you have accepted Jesus, confessed him with your mouth, believe in him in your heart, then you are God's child. Something happens on the inside. Oh, oh, oh. Something happens on the inside. Access to my father. Get out my way. Access. Did you know you can go where angels can't go? Did you know the devil can't stop you from getting to your father? Don't you know that because you're his, all his power all of his anointing will come and see about you. I saw something this morning that I'm going to let you go. At the 8 o'clock, I was sitting out there ready to come in. And then, then uh, the husband of Carmen, uh, Carmen Shepherd was out there in the hallway, and they got the cutest little girls. One baby he was holding in his arms. The other one he was holding down by his side. And the little girl he was holding started kissing on him. And daddy started kissing her back. They start playing this game. I kiss you, you kiss me. <laughs> See, that's a little thing. And dad is already sitting up in here. Unconditional love and acceptance. You know what I realized? And it helped free me. God don't see me as his grown child. He sees me as his little child. That's why I can call him Abba. It is the word that the toddler used 
for their father. I can climb up on his lap. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. When the world don't treat you right, when folks are talking about you, when nothing is going right, you need to run to the throne. And just like she's sitting on her daddy's lap, you need to get up on his lap. Oh, hold on. My, 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 my biological dad didn't hug me but one time. But my heavenly father hugs me. Oh, yes, he does. He hugs me. Oh, yes, he does. When life gets too hard for me, he hugs me. Have you been hugged by your heavenly father lately? Some of us need a good old fashioned. Because we got the wrong picture. Because we don't see the fatherhood of God. We stand on roof of him instead of running to him. Listen. Listen. I didn't catch it then. I'm catching it now. When I was complaining to God about the mistreatment that people have gone through in my counseling, when I was complaining, and I said, how could you let it happen? The children, when I was crying because the counseling session I came from was too hard, and my heart was broken, and God said, if I couldn't heal it, I would not allow it. But since I can heal it. Now listen what he said. He said, Tracy, bring them to me. Oh, I just got something. Here go the throne of God. And God said, go get them. Tell them how good I am, Tracy. Tell them that I love them. He knows everything you've been through. When mama and daddy couldn't be there, he was right there for you. God is faithful. And though Satan may have touched your body, they didn't touch your soul. Don't, 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 don't. You've been hurt. I know somebody. I know somebody. That is able to take away all your Sit on your daddy's lap. Take him to the throne. 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 Because that is your healing. He will put his arms around you. He will meet you at your point of need. He will be the father that you never had, that you always needed. 
no matter what it is. This healing in his hands, if he could not heal it, he would not allow it. But if he allowed it, he wants to show you how awesome he is. Thank you. Thank you. Does somebody need to come sit in the chair? Has somebody you've been looking for your healing in all the wrong places? It wasn't in him, it's in God. It's not in her, it's in God. It's not in things, it's in God. It's not in money, it's in God. It's not in title, it's in God. Whatever it is, it's in God. It's not in what they didn't give you, it's what God's willing to give you. It's not in who didn't love you, it's in who loves you. God loves you. Turn to your and say, God loves you. Your healing, your healing, your healing is in his hands. Don't run from me, run to him. It's the fatherhood of God. Healing is in his hands. Your identity is in his hands. Your wholeness is in his hands. Your fulfillment is in his hands. Your belonging is in his hands. Your purpose is in his hands. God is calling us back home to himself. I know what it is to look for him in everything and find him in nothing. Tenth grade, walking in tenth grade for the first time, drinking 151 Puerto Rican rum and, and 11 values at one time. Angry! Man! Tackle the identity that wasn't me. Tag! But when I let him in, when I let go and let him in, peace Joy came. A new identity came. Jesus came in and said, that's not you. Let me show you who you are. He wants to pick you up. To speak to you and love on you. You know why she didn't reject me? She feels the love. If you let him, he'll love on you. Oh, yes, he will. He'll hold you. He'll 
but you know you're special, but but you know you're awesome. If you're ready, he's waiting on you.